You're a 415er. 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. As always, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game, that's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. we got a lot coming up today. We're going to get into some wide receiver discussion that we've kind of already danced around, Mark, but it's time to finally dive all the way into the deep end. Of course, we'll talk about some quarterback news as it pertains to a ranking that we saw later this week from a pretty notable publication that had the 49ers involved. And, of course, you know we're going to pounce around as well, kind of move around this episode, Mark, before we get into all of it. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Monday evening when we're recording this, you're probably hearing it Tuesday morning or Tuesday, I would guess. Uh, we just got done watching the NBA Finals, and the the Nuggets closed it. They, they, they've won the NBA Finals. They beat the Heat. So what does that mean, Evan? It means the NBA season is over, and we're officially one step closer to football season. So while I am sad we have no more basketball, the end of basketball season does signal that football is right around the corner i know we have a summer full of baseball which is a lot of fun as well but the end of basketball it does mean football is closer and i'm looking forward to that how are you i'm all right mark i'm conflicted because as much as i always find myself in a decent mood never too high never too low happiness is fleeting i also <laughs> saw that the denver nuggets winning the nba championship also means that of course number one nemesis of the 49ers in recent years, the Los Angeles Rams owner, Stan Kroenke, mm. has acquired another championship. And so you tack on the one with the Rams and now here with the Nuggets. He's had some success in the past. I hate to break it to 49ers fans out there, Mark, but Stan Kroenke is building a successful ownership brand outside of, of course, your favorite team over there across the aisle. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's also the owner of the uh, Colorado Avalanche, who won the Stanley Cup, not this year, of course, that's still going on, but last year, uh, and he is also the owner, and his family is the owner of uh, Arsenal, uh, yeah, the, the that's football what, club, that's what soccer, soccer club out in England. Uh, I don't know if, I think I've probably brought it up before on, on the podcast, I'm a big Arsenal fan, I know you are not, no. um, so if, if Stan Kroenke and, and his family can only win championships... For one team moving forward, I would just hope it would be Arsenal, not the Rams. I don't I don't have any ill will towards the Nuggets or the Colorado Avalanche. Certainly don't want the Rams winning anymore. I think we're probably safe from that, at least for a bit longer. Um, but I do wish the Kroenke family nothing but success when it comes to their soccer endeavors. I, I, I could get behind that. Well, I hate to break it to you, Mark, but the trends would show that, in fact, they do win a lot, except for with one team. And so if you're asking <laughs> for if you can only win with one, it seems like they can only win with none. Or I should say they can't win with one. And that just happens to be uh, Arsenal. But we're not here to dig into soccer. We're not here to dig into basketball. We're here to dig into the 49ers. And uh, before we get going, Mark, some housekeeping. I do want to thank all of our loyal followers that have downloaded the Odyssey app that have downloaded, rated, and subscribed to us because we just got some very good news earlier today about where the podcast started, where it's headed. We have doubled our audience in less than a year, hoping to, of course, reach that mark yet again at the by the beginning of this season. Then, of course, 
move forward uh, into the 2023 year, which we hope is successful for the 49ers. But before we dive into our first topic of the day, I do have to say thank you to all those people that have listened to us so far. Yeah, second it as well. This has been a lot of fun bringing you 49ers conversations throughout the year. Uh, twice a week during the off season. Uh, it's been a lot of fun interacting with listeners of the podcast online, on social media, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Uh, it's been great. So if if you enjoy the podcast, please don't hesitate to to reach out. Let us know your thoughts. Tell us how we can improve the podcast, what you want to hear more of. If you have any questions, we could even do a mailbag episode. So hit us up on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see our, our Twitter usernames. Um, if you're If you're listening, at Mark Grandy, Mark with the C, G-R-A-N-D-I, and then Evan is at E Giddings 10. Hit us up. Let us know. Of course, the, the show uh, has a Twitter page and an Instagram page as well, at the 415ers. We'd love to hear your feedback about the, the podcast as well. So a second everything you said and, and just welcome all feedback from all of our listeners. 100%. And so with all of that out of the way, the first thing we got to get into, Mark, is some more uh, back padding right here because the first topic of the day is as those watching on YouTube can see for those listening do the San Francisco 49ers have a Debo or Ayuk situation not a problem but a situation this is something that we've talked about an awful lot on this podcast the potential decision the 49ers have to make at the end of the 2023 year whether they want to keep their former 2021 all pro Debo Samuel who they just paid 72 and a half million dollars last offseason or do they want to give that big buck to potentially Brandon I you can try to move on from Debo Mike Silver the San Francisco Chronicle wrote about that at the tail end of last week Mark and so I thought we could use it as an opportunity to dig into something that we've already taken a lot of looks at throughout this offseason. Yeah, no, 100%. I am relatively convinced that this is something that the 49ers are going to have to deal with, and it's it's on their radar. They know it's coming. There's no decision that they have to make now. Brandon Ayuk, the team has already picked up his fourth-year option. He's a 49er for this coming year, um, and then they're going to have to figure out if they want to keep him around as they get ready for the 2024 season. And you could maybe say, all right, I know Debo Samuel is getting paid a lot. Brandon Ayuk, let's say he has a great season, continues his upward trajectory. Um, he's obviously going to want and going to deserve to be paid a, a relatively high amount of money, at least comparable, maybe less. I don't know exactly, but comparable to what Debo Samuel is making seems unlikely the 49ers are going to be able to stomach both of those contracts. Now, what if the 49ers go out and win the Super Bowl? Will ownership be more willing to shell out big money to multiple wide receivers um, after a Super Bowl championship? Sure. I think more likely to do that if they win it all as opposed to if they don't. And I know this isn't the best example. It's something that Mike Silver brought up in that piece that you're referencing from late last week, Evan. You remember the last time the 49ers were in the Super Bowl. Of course, they lost it, but they were in the Super Bowl. They lost to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in heartbreaking fashion. What was the 49ers' big move that offseason, Evan? It was to trade away an expensive piece because they didn't want to pay him a bunch of money. They couldn't pay both Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner big money, or at least they chose not to. They wanted to save a little bit of money at that position. So what did they do? They traded one away, of course, to force Buckner to the Colts, and they got, you know, draft picks and cap relief and all that. They ultimately end up picking Javon Kinlaw. 
So this conversation, Evan, the 49ers potentially having to choose between Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, it's not the first time they have been tasked with this sort of question or or obstacle. They It was a very similar situation back in the 2020 offseason. Again, when they traded away DeForest Buckner and they kept Eric Armstead, they gave Armstead an extension. They did not give Buckner an extension. And of course, the rest is history. That's thought of as one of the worst moves of this Shanahan and Lynch regime. That move, trading away your all-pro uh, DeForest Buckner. So this is something the 49ers are aware of. It's a similar decision to something that they've been faced in the past. And I think there's a very real possibility that this is the final year that both of these guys are under uh, the 49ers control. I think it is. And the reason being because of what you just brought up. Now, some might say, oh, hey, they chose Armstead over Buckner, and that was a terrible choice. But the choice was going to be one or the other. If mm-hmm. they had chosen to keep Buckner, they would have lost Armstead. You could say that's a better decision. I'm 100% with you. And I think they admitted that by going out and giving big dollars to Javon Hargrave this offseason because they needed another guy inside. Javon Kinlaw has not shown himself to be an adequate replacement. But this upcoming year, the issue that I see with both of these receivers is not that they're not good and not that they don't both complement the pieces surrounding them on the offense. But neither is a true, or I should say both of them are not true number one receivers. And when you have to pay $30-plus million to Nick Bosa, which is going to kick in down the line, when you already have Hargrave on a contract, when you have Armstead on a contract, when you're paying Kittle, when you're paying Warner, when you're probably going to have to figure out if you're going to want to pay someone like Trey Lance to stick around, maybe, maybe not. There are other financial choices the 49ers have to make at what they have, I think, by their actions, identified as more important positions. They like to build from the inside out. They work from the trenches and then move to the outside. That doesn't mean that having skill, good, good skill position players isn't great, but I do think it's very real, the choice and the situation between Debo and Ayuk right now. And I don't know if there's a lead dog in the fight. Obviously, they had to pay Debo last year. They did. To me, that was kind of to kick this decision. That's after 2023 down the line. They have not picked up Ayuk's fifth-year extension yet. That's something that, of course, they're going to have to figure out if they want to do and then pay him. Um, But I think the 49ers right now are in a very real spot between those two guys. And I do think it's going to come down to who performs better this season. One one other note about the Armstead-Buckner situation. I don't think the 49ers went into that. The, the decision that they went with, I don't think was which one is better. Let's go with that one. I think everyone in the 49ers, and I think it's fairly obvious, DeForest Buckner, the better player. But the other factor here is the money. They didn't have to pay Armstead as much as they had to pay Buckner because, again, Buckner is just simply the best. Also, player. sorry, apologies, Mark. They did pick up Ayuk's fifth-year option. I meant they they did. Sorry about that. Yeah, they, they just did, and that, that's why this isn't a decision they have to worry about uh, right now. Um, so maybe there's a, a similar decision here coming. I mean, Debo Samuel last offseason signed a three-year, $71.5 million extension. Does Debo Samuel, or pardon me, does Brandon Ayuk get a similar number to that? Maybe they think Debo Samuel is the better all-around player, but they know they can get De- or Brandon Ayuk for a little bit cheaper. So maybe that's the decision they go with. Maybe Brandon Ayuk has such an incredible season that he prices himself into the upper echelon, even above Debo Samuel. Who knows? And then maybe the 49ers are 
faced with a really difficult decision. Do we want Brandon Ayuk for more money than we already paid Debo? Or do we want to go with Debo Samuel, a player who might give you something similar that what Christian McCaffrey does? I don't know. What I think is interesting, and we might see it play out on the field this year, Evan, is you're, you, you see Brandon Ayuk coming into a contract year. He wants to prove that he's worth that bread. And you have Debo Samuel, of course, already earning that bread. But he's in a position where he feels like he has to prove himself to the 49ers if he wants to stay in San Francisco. So what you might get on the field, I don't think it's it's going to affect the team and their chemistry or, chemistry or anything. But I, I think you're almost going to have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk competing on the field almost against each other because they are both in a situation where they want all of the catches, all of the yards, all of the touchdowns, all of the touches, because again, as I just laid out, they both have reasons, very important and big reasons to want to have a career year this season. So I think you're going to see these two guys go as hard as we've ever seen them on the field at the same time, and they're going to be fighting for every touch they possibly can. I don't think it's going to get to a point where it's damaging to the 49ers because these sorts of competitions maybe could lead to butting of heads. I don't think it's going to go there, Evan, but I'm going to be really interested to see how this plays out on the field when these two guys, I I think pretty clearly are both going to want to have the best season they possibly can. Yeah. And look, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have when you have that kind of internal competition between these two guys, but we have seen already, I think if you look inside the division, you'll see probably the only example of highly paid top flight receivers that coexist and also complement each other, which is Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Now Tyler Lockett was paid before, I think this past season and he's about 16 to 20 in that range. DK Metcalf is far above. You generally do not see wide receivers that are paid on the same team, 20 plus million dollars. And if they are, it's for a very short amount of time. That's one of the reasons why you saw a guy like Keenan Allen's name potentially in waiver trade rumors from the chargers. Cause they're not going to be able to keep both him and Mike Williams. If they want to also pay a guy like Justin Herbert, who's about to get a huge payday. Uh, the four ers don't have that con- that contract scenario as far as their quarterback is concerned Mm -hmm. but they obviously have to pay nick bosa quarterback like money so again it's not a necessarily bad situation that the 49ers have with their own wide receivers but there's a very real choice that they're going to have to make if both of those guys like you mentioned perform up to expectations this season now if one of them falls off if Ayuk doesn't have a great season maybe he gets hurt god forbid who knows what happens to one of them then the 49ers could find a way to potentially negotiate that into a team friendly friendly deal and who knows maybe Brandon Ayuk would love to stay on a team friendly deal if it means competing for the Super Bowl I just don't see what the kind of money that wide receivers had made for themselves in recent years, as opposed to potentially running backs who haven't had their salaries jump the way that wide receivers have. I don't see Ayuk being willing to take that kind of pay cut if he's as good as we think he is and performs up to that level. So for me, the 49ers are in a situation where it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't get the type of production you're hoping for from either of them this year, you probably are not going to be in contention for a Super Bowl. But if those guys play up to their adequate level, which I believe they can, then it comes down to which one do you want to keep, which one do you want to pay, or I should say, do you want to pay Ayuk 
and move Debo? Or do you want to continue to pay Debo and move Ayuk? That's the reality they're looking at. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm not exactly sure how it's going to play out. Debo Samuel signed that three-year contract. Um, and, you know, of course, this he's playing this year and, and then next year. And who I mean, who knows if he's a 49er at that point. But I'm just curious to see how it's going to play out for the 49ers again, because you could be looking at, well, you know, you have, so let's, let's fast forward a year. You're, you have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk this year. They both have good years. I, I, Ayuk continues his upward trajectory. Debo Samuel doesn't quite reach the highs that he was at in 2021, but much better than he was last year in 2022. What, person what player do the 49ers want to keep who better complements the roster i i think it's brandon Ayuk at this point but then you have to factor in the money side of things i mean this the the market in, evolves quickly we've seen it in quarterbacks i mean justin pardon me uh patrick mahomes signed what a 12-year contract at the time it was the richest contract but basically every offseason this one, not so much, not a lot of high-profile quarterbacks getting big money. Uh, Jalen Hurts, one of them. But um, you mentioned when Justin Herbert signs his deal, that's going to be a record-breaking deal. When Josh Allen gets another gigantic contract, when Joe Burrow does, that's going to be a record-breaking deal. The Patrick Mahomes contract is already incredibly friendly for the the Chiefs based on the, the, the new contracts already. So how does the wide receiver market evolve from when Debo Samuel signed last year to when Brandon Ayuk potentially signs in a year from now? Is that going to affect how the 49ers ultimately decide on this wide receiver room? I'm not so sure, but it just seems like if you were to throw the money out the window and just ask who better complements this roster as it currently stands, I think it's Ayuk, but I I feel bad saying that because Samuel is so dynamic and so unique, but it just seems like Ayuk gives this team something that they can't get elsewhere. While I can't 100% say that about Debo Samuel. I actually think Debo is probably a better fit for what Kyle Shanahan wants to do because he's more versatile, but Brandon Ayuk's game is undoubtedly going to age better because he does not seek contact, whereas Debo, to me, is much more of a contact-seeking player. Uh, the issue with Brandon Ayuk is, to answer your question, yes, Mark, the wide receiver market is going to evolve <laughs> because Justin Jefferson is in the wide receiver market this upcoming season. It's just how much? Is he he's going to be the one outlier? And new, I mean, yeah. Well, Tyreek Hill's making $30 million a year. You don't think he's going to want more than that? Yeah, probably. And then you're looking at C.D. Lamb. You're looking at T. Higgins. You're looking at uh, a secondary guy like Gabe Davis. Like all those guys are going to want to get paid big money. And Brendan Ayuk is certainly not going to want to be left out of that. So uh, we can monitor that. But but yes, it is going to evolve for sure.